Ladies and gentlemen, people watching, welcome to the Yanagita Podcast Show, episode 48. It's crazy, we're at area episode 48, though. Yep. Got guest Doty, usually behind the scenes. He's going to be helping out. And uh, we got this request quite a bit in the past to talk about the book that I wrote about a year and a half ago. This is the revised book, Fighting Sickness with Fitness. Harmonizing your mind, body, and spirit to live a healthier and happier life. So the question I used to get was, do you still believe in the certain things? Or you know, do you see different topics? Do you do different eating? Is the food, the training, the mindset, all that stuff. So we're going to go right into it. I'm going to read this and explain as we go along. All right, here we go. If you guys don't have the copy of this book too, email us at yanagitapodcast at gmail.com and we'll get you a free copy for free. All right. Introduction. If you picked up this book wondering if this is just another fitness book with generic exercises and overcomplicated diet plans, I'm here to assure you that it's not. Instead, I created this book as a testament to healthy living both for myself and for those around me. My parents moved to Hawaii from Japan before I was born. We did not have a lot of money and sometimes ate what we could to get by. And I want to just stray away from the book a little bit. So this was things that, you know, we would, you probably might relate, but we would just eat the old stuff, you know, expired foods, expired milks, and um, even if the bread had mold, my mom oh. would just pick the mold off. Oh, ah, you're good. Just pick the mold, toast it, eat it, you know, or expired cheese. Ah, it's a little bit sour. It's okay, Justin. <laughs> no, um, I cannot agree. Yeah, I mean, it was a interesting time growing up. And so going back to the book, growing up with the trials and tribulations that come from being an immigrant family, I had learned so much. Besides growing up and learning English as a second language, I was also born with a liver problem and had horrible asthma attacks up until high school. At one point, I weighed 40 pounds over my recommended weight and was diagnosed with ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder. Because of my health challenges, I feel fortunate to be able to empathize and show compassion to my team and clients by working with them to develop stronger bodies, minds, and hearts. Health is not limited to the physical, but also includes mental and emotional health, something I came to realize as a teenager. At that time in my life as a teenager, I had been bullied and battered for over a year and felt alone with no friends or support. In an act of desperation and hopelessness, I had walked up to the bridge This is the bridge behind Sack and Save, if you guys are listening or watching on Maui. The bridge right behind Sack and Save, closed my eyes, lifted one foot into the air, ready to end the pain and suffering. And uh, going back, just getting off the book, that was a really tough time. And, you know, it's just crazy because there's been many suicides at that bridge over here, Dodie, that... uh, we actually just had one during COVID. A young teenage girl. She was in high school. She hung herself right off the bridge, you know. And um, there's been many suicides at this bridge over here, which is why they they have all the railings and stuff now, yeah. 
Because yeah. when I was growing up, they never had those uh, railings. You could just jump right off. Good God. Um, so yeah, uh, rest in rest in love for that uh, young teenager during COVID. Back to the book. In that fleeting moment, I saw the faces of my family members and recalled the dreams that I had of becoming a fitness professional and serving the world. I put my foot down and opened my eyes. Right then, I decided that I was going to learn everything I could to improve myself to make that dream a reality. Now, going off the book, when I was 13 years old, Dodie, this was an incredible time because I had picked up a book. It was like a, I don't know, like a boot camp workout book. This was back when Maui had borders. Do you remember borders, Dodie, or no? No, you're too young. No, okay, got it. So never. basically, bef- you remember Sports Authority? Yeah. Sports okay. Authority. So before Sports Authority, it was borders. So basically, a Barnes and Nobles. Oh. Basically, okay. same thing. That's a book talking store. about literal borders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bookstore, Borders, and I went into that store, got a fitness book, and I remember thinking like, wow, I want to really do this fitness thing because. I got over my asthma, and so that dream and that vision was to help a lot of people through fitness, you know, help overcome their their health ailments and conditions, and I guess that's one of the origins of fighting sickness with fitness, and so going back to the book, soon after, a family friend asked me to join her family's martial arts class to learn some self-defense and which was Brazilian jiu-jitsu from her husband, Keith Inoue. I started attending classes regularly and slowly my confidence started to grow. I joined the high school wrestling team soon after because I wanted to see how things could be different with this new self-confidence. And going off the book, Mind you, this was, I, I had been so insecure, so uh, low confidence that this was the first sport that I ever done when I was 16, jiu-jitsu and then wrestling. I had tried basketball, I had tried baseball, all this stuff at like Lihikai, Iao School, flag football, it just didn't work for me. Um, and I was just too low self-confident, low self-esteem didn't think I could do anything. And so going back to the book, with the new self-confidence, one of the boys at school seemed to notice this change. We were in the wrestling mats in the room before practice, waiting for our coaches to arrive. Shout out to Coach Panuve. He decided that my newfound confidence was somehow a threat to him. And he had began to provoke me with teasing and name calling like he did in the past. I positioned myself in front of him, not letting what he said get under my skin. And for the record, it did get a little bit under my skin. Mm -hmm. I still remember because it it was like a moment of, wow, you know, this guy had been just saying the same stuff, little lots of, you know, passive aggressive and this and that and just little, little mini stuff. Along yeah. with some big stuff that I would just brush off and like, no, you know, it's okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. And so before he knew it, what actually happened before this, I should have added this to the book, was 
we pretty much we were surrounded so a bunch of our wrestling students were there there's maybe about 30 of us at that point mm-hmm. and basically just kind of huddled up they were like oh all right bro you and you and just let's let's see it you know hurry up hurry up before the coaches come and so back to the book <clears throat> before i knew it he had charged at my legs slamming me down into the mat i quickly realized what had happened and quickly defended myself using the only technique i knew i could use in a disadvantaged position on the ground on my back which is the triangle choke yeah and within seconds of locking on the choke he began begging me to let go we got up and he looked at me with shock and with the respect that no bully had ever showed me before and that was a really crazy thing i was never bullied after that and so just really quickly uh, for those listening the reason why jujitsu is so powerful and what it is in the first place it's a gentle technique it literally translates to gentle technique like judo is gentle way jujitsu is gentle techniques and it's one of the few if not only main martial arts that i know that you can fight off your back you know what I mean? Like, um, I love boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, did a little bit of boxing with Coach Jeff and, of course, Vince and the yeah, show. Yeah. I love boxing, kickboxing, karate, uh, wrestling. All that's awesome. But no other martial art really teaches you what to do if you're on your back. You know, like, what do you do when you're on your back? And at this point, I've only been training for maybe six months, maybe. But that six months, all I knew how to do effectively was one submission. And if you guys have watched the UFC or mixed martial arts or anything like that, the triangle choke is basically a choke where you're on the ground, the guy's on top of you, and your legs are strangling their head with their arm together. And so it's a very powerful choke. Back to the book. After the first few weeks of training jujitsu, I realized that I would need much more strength and conditioning if I wanted to be competitive in the sport of wrestling. So really quickly, wrestling is a completely different beast if you're just doing wrestling because it's a lot of explosions. You're exploding, you're taking down, you're picking them up, you're doing all kinds of different stuff. So I realized I needed more strength and conditioning. At this time, I was barely able to do 10 push-ups, and I couldn't do a single pull-up. I signed up for an old-school iron gym over the beautiful air-conditioned fitness center (laughs) because I loved how hard most of the people train in that hard environment. However, I was also really intimidated by these people and only went to the gym once or twice a week. I trained on my own, not knowing what I was doing, ended up hurting myself multiple times. I hurt my rotator cuff and lower back using too much weight and improper form. So what I hurt myself with, it's not in the book, but what I hurt myself with was bench press. Oh, dude, I was in, bouncing bench and uh, bench press and biceps three days a week. Oh. It was chest and biceps oh. every day. Oh. And so I started building that rounded shoulder forward. And then like my shoulder was always rounded like this. Yeah. <laughs> like Invisible this. lat syndrome. You know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. And so with all that, st- oh, and then the lower back was a deadlift. 
Oof. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just rotated my back. Like, this is terrible. Wait, what, what does that look like? Like, rotating? So, your- you almost look like a cat. Yeah, you know, like those cats when you're like, like this and then you're pull. Instead of like you're using your legs and you're pulling up, you're standing up with a deadlift. Oh, like um, when you try to, if you're to like pull a cat from its on this side, yeah, it'll so like just like bend this. like that. It's like this. Just. And then pop. Oh. 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 Not oh, good. Yeah, I've, I've seen not that good. one. Ugh. And I remember not being able to like Nasty. do anything for a week or two. Um, actually, I couldn't deadlift properly for like a month. Just just to get back to normal was like a week. So Good God. Yeah, don't do that. Don't YOLO. <clears throat> no, no. Who? So, back to the book. After I got injured. <clears throat> I became obsessed with learning from different sources and fitness experts and made a commitment to work very hard to improve myself so that one day I could help others. I continued to train in college, only doing maybe half of what I did in high school mm-hmm. because I gave in to the temptations of alcohol and drugs. Mm. And one day after a party, I felt sharp pains in my liver. It was really bad too. Like I remember feeling like, what is this sharp pain? Like, just walking, I, I just lying down. I it was just jab. It was like a knife. Ooh, can't imagine that. And so, of course, I got it checked out. I still remember that day. It was, uh, I think it was, downtown. Or I remember catching the Oahu bus, and I went down to Kaiser to see the specialist. Um, and I got my liver test and everything. And she said, "I need to see you today." I said, "Today? Okay. Well, uh, let me let me go." And so I made my way to Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got out, I started crying. Actually, I started crying inside when she told me. So basically, your liver enzymes are supposed to be between zero and a thousand. Yeah, zero and a thousand. My number was three million. It wasn't even on the chart. Oh my God. So zero to a thousand and three million was like, it was just maxed out the paper. And she said, if you don't do anything, you're going to get liver cirrhosis, liver cancer, and you're going to, you know, you need to change your, basically either get surgery or you're going to die. Die, yeah. And uh, that really freaked me out. You know, I, I don't, I make it sound like it's easy now, but at that time I was only 19, you know, oh, just about your age. My age and being And told you um, just telling me, now, you might not see 30. And I was like, what the heck? And uh, this doctor, bless her heart, she was so adamant that I could only get better if I took a non-approved liver medication. So I was like, should we gamble on that? I don't want to take that. Because once I start, I cannot ever get off of it. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do that. So So I didn't. I didn't take it. Okay, good. Um, my, my family was really against it. They were like, you know what? Just try natural, holistic ways, you know, quit yeah. the drugs, quit the alcohol. So basically, th- that was what made me really quit drinking and quit everything that I was doing crazy. Um, as soon as I quit, you have this new energy that because you're not hungover, you're not, you don't have a headache from withdrawals from whatever drugs, um, you just you just feel better but it took me maybe a whole like 10 days of like after just being clean 
But even then, it wasn't easy because I would tell myself I'm going to quit. And then that night to go to bed, I would get high. And then the next morning, I'd wake up. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm good. I'm not gonna drink. I'm not gonna do anything. And then that afternoon, that night, I would just boom, get higher, drunk again. And it was a really hard, <clears throat> uh, really hard addiction to kick. What really helped me out <clears throat> was inserting it and going back to the book. I stopped drinking alcohol and got back into my regular fitness routine. I dedicated myself to working out and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, learning from a Hickson Gracie black belt, my professor on Oahu. And this was the first time in months that I had been eating well, sleeping well, and training on a daily basis. By the time the year had gone by, I started seeing results of the hard work and had a renowned passion for health and fitness. I dropped out of college and flew 6,000 miles away to attend one of the best personal training schools in the States. It's a trade school called the National Personal Training Institute. This is in Orlando, Florida. Uh, And I was blessed with some teachers and mentors that were just incredible. Luis Lopez and Chris Williams. So Chris Williams was on our podcast episode two i believe he was great great guy Uh, he's one of the smartest guys that i know so check it out episode two during my time there i was introduced to many different modalities of training and eating for different goals and various circumstances from the hundreds of hours of hands-on training i began to realize what was right this was my calling and the vehicle to serve I started to believe that I could make a change in other people's lives, not only in my home state of Hawaii, but possibly around the world. And uh, real quick, up until this point, I only knew maybe like one or two ways of training. Mm. You know, it's like uh, traditional bodybuilding workout. That's all I pretty much knew at that time. Yeah. And so when I went to school or trade school, it opened me up to working with senior population um, workouts and working with uh, special condition so cancer patients diabetics um, pregnant women and uh, asthmatic clients and so I mean a whole host of different things yeah and so basically it was an incredible journey being able to work and actually not just read about it but coach and make programs for these people mm-hmm. um that was probably how this whole thing started yanagita fitness because there was a huge need for that uh, at the time on maui <clears throat> all i saw was crossfits crossfits and maybe olympic weightlifting and bodybuilding uh and heavy power lifting stuff but you never really saw more of a modified version where people like my parents that's the whole reason why i started this in their 40s to 60s could work out at because all these other ones were tailored to more like 20 and 30 year olds which is good but i just saw this big gap of like 
people my parents' age. For the olders. Yeah, because my parents weren't working out. My friend's parents were working out. The neighbors, aunties weren't working out. And I was like, man, <clears throat> like, we got to start something. Uh, and that was, this was uh, 2013. Okay. And back to the book. <clears throat> and since then, I had been fortunate with the opportunity to train and serve thousands of people, including middle-aged students, middle-aged students, middle school students, professional athletes, people with busy schedules such as managers, stay-at-home moms, shout out, and grandparents, and all different types of individuals in between. One thing you will not find in this book, and I wanted to make this disclaimer, is you will not find a cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all program, nor will you find us making grand claims such as losing 50 pounds in three weeks or four weeks. You're not going to lose 50 pounds that fast. And if you do, it's not fat or it's not permanent. It's probably well, some no sort of quick fix. You're not healthy. You don't feel good. <clears throat> and we will never say anything like that because <clears throat> we recommend the the – slow but for sure approach right i mean it's the only real way it's the only real way because to keep it off. if um if you were to do what some people do where they just i don't know what's it through surgery or something in the uh, in hospitals and they just remove the fat you're gonna get that fat all back again because you don't have the habits for it but yeah crazy so now we're getting into the main meat dude so everybody's probably curious this is chapter one i get this question a lot when people come check us out interview what is fighting sickness with fitness so fighting sickness with fitness is a message to utilize fundamental exercise nutrition and recovery habits to combat and overcome health issues rather than solely depending on medication Formerly inhaling, swallowing, and injecting many different medications in different areas of my body. <laughs> I can tell you firsthand that many medications cause us to lose much of our energy, our enthusiasm, and creativity goes down. Because I just felt so lethargic on like these different meds. And it wasn't just me. It was a lot of other people too. When you're taking harder medications, even from the doctors, some can make you, you know, lower energy. But then also, disclaimer, there are some that are really effective. So always, always, always consult your doctor and medical professional. This is just, this is just our opinion and right around what I wrote in the book. Mm. All right. So. You know, that's what the gist of fighting sickness with fitness is. You know, one thing I want to share what fighting sickness with fitness is or is not is it's not that we're doing insane amounts of high intensity training or a lot of weight training or cross training or anything crazy like that. Nope. Uh, nor does it mean that the foods you eat have to be dry and flavorless it is simply making a commitment to ourself to strive for great health so that we can maintain a high level of energy creativity and passion for ourselves and our loved ones i mean if you think about it it's almost like a car right like if you only had uh, i forget who said this 
Warren Buffett, maybe. If you only had one car in your entire life, how well would you treat your car? If you can never buy a new car, you would probably take care of that car like every day, make sure the tires are good, the oil, the I mean, everything. And the, the whole point of that analogy was we only got one body, you know, but it's so easy to just go down a different rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, or also get super strict and be like, yo, I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna eat dry foods, right? I'm only gonna eat flavorless stuff. And so, what I wrote here, fighting sickness with fitness is much more than just physical fitness. It's a way of life. We can all improve our mental, spiritual, and emotional levels of fitness because when neglected, they can make us ill. Striving to reach our full capabilities requires a fit mind, body, and spirit. And there's a lot of science and research out there that proves that with the dopamine and endorphins, all the happy hormones from working out, that physical workouts can change our state of mind. Mm -hmm. That's scientifically been proven. So get your exercise. If you, of course, come work out at Yanagita Fitness two-week pass. But if you can't work out with us, no worries. Just go outside, go in nature, go to the beach, take your dog out for a walk, or just walk with somebody like a friend, your partner, somebody, a loved one, and just walk. Mm -hmm. You'll feel a lot better after 30 minutes of doing something. Yeah. Guaranteed. Something's always better than nothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so this part I like. I want to share this because this is the habits and qualities so we went around talking to different people who are physically active who've been working out consistently and these are just some of the habits and qualities of people who are fit number one they exercise daily whether it's walking running resistance training yoga martial arts something they do something number two is they typically eat majority wholesome food what I mean by wholesome food is it's grown from the earth or it just walks around or swims on the planet. Mm -hmm. So it's an animal or it grows from the planet. Uh, real simple. And that's kind of like, a, you know, it sounds so simple because people have been saying that for probably a hundred plus years, actually thousands of years, right? From Socrates and Plato's and let the, the famous quote, let food be thy medicine. I think that was Plato's. But basically, yeah, food. Eat wholesome food most of the time and enjoy an occasional treat. Uh, they drink about an average of a gallon of water a day. Mm. They typically sleep six to nine hours a day. <clears throat> they incorporate some sort of recovery method, whether it's stretching after a workout. Uh, if you're stretching at the gym, that's awesome. Foam roll, massage, all kind of different things. Now, Habits and qualities of those mentally fit. This is awesome. So number one, self-education of at least 30 minutes a day, <clears throat> whether it's through reading books, articles, audiobooks, or podcasts like this. <laughs> number two, they believe we all have limitless capabilities. We all have unlimited potential that we can do anything. Anything is possible. Number three, strive to add value and help others. Number four is surrounded typically by people who are smarter, faster, and wiser individual. 
Number five, they commit to completing their responsibilities. Number six, they remain coachable with an open mind, willing to try creative and challenging things. Number seven, attends conferences, seminars, and additional trainings annually or quarterly. Number eight, embraces challenges as opportunities. Number nine, they always take responsibility for shortcomings and mistakes. So you won't see them blaming or you won't see them blame, shame, or the justification. You won't see any of that. You're, they're going to own it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I messed up. You know, I, I should have prepared better, Dodie. Yeah. You know, like, and here's what I'm going to do next time. So the, you won't hear them like, oh, you know, yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's just weird. I'm just trying to make an excuse in my head. It's just like blank. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, number 10 is they understand that the best investment is in their self. So whether it's eating healthy food, going to a personal trainer, working out at a gym, all of these things that cost money, it's a good investment. It's a good investment. Now, habits and qualities of those emotionally fit, this is a good one too. They, number one, they practice gratitude daily. Number two, practice humility and admit shortcomings. Number three, believes that things happen through us for the benefit of others. Now, real quick before I move on to that. So people ask, what does that mean? Believes that things happen through us for the benefit of others. Because uh, there was at one point where all of us have been there. I've been there. And Mm -hmm. I would victimize myself. Oh, this is happening to me. Oh, my goodness. I got sick. This is happening. Oh, my. This happened to me. Why is this happening to me, Dodie? Why is this happening to me? Then it evolved into a little bit of almost like selfish. Oh, this is happening for me. (laughs) Oh, yes, it's happening for me, Dodie. Yes, this is happening for me. And then it evolved into this is happening through me for other people. Or it's happening for me for other people. Right? So meaning like things are happening for you, Dodie, whether good or bad. So that others can benefit from that experience or stories or wisdom that you get. Oh, it's like, um, let's say I learned something mm-hmm. and it's like a hard lesson. So I'm learning the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so the guys can take my advice if I tell them. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I get it now. Yeah. So it's happening for you, but for other people. Okay. So that's the, that's the distinction that I got from people when I asked them this. They typically forgive and wish others well. They're empathetic, encourage and empower others. They listen to understand and not simply to respond. Yeah. This is deep. Yeah. Yeah. Set side set special time aside for family and loved ones and sets boundaries. Ho. Oh, some people don't like that word boundaries. Oh. Yeah. Gosh. All right. So this is good man i'm i'm really enjoying this everybody so uh, you know one thing i want to share too is this next part that says why health and fitness are vital and i'm not gonna read the whole chapter but i just want to read one section so chapter two the u.s centers for disease control 
and Prevention reported that over a quarter of deaths from chronic diseases, heart attack and stroke, may have been prevented or prolonged by adopting a healthy lifestyle. That's a lot of people. So I believe when I wrote the book, the study, I believe it was like a few hundred thousand. Okay, I mean like six hundred thousand. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. It might be different the year now, but I remember seeing like five hundred thousand for heart disease, six hundred thousand for stroke. But it was some massive number, and put together, the chronic diseases were over a million people, and the U.S. Centers of Disease and Control is saying that a quarter of them may have been prolonged or prevented. By following a healthy lifestyle is huge, right? I mean, what is that worth to live an extra ten years healthy? It's priceless. That's priceless. I mean, I can't even imagine. And dang, I mean, that's why I wanted to put that in this book. Also, back in the book, medications and surgeries are definitely not cheap. The extra thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. That we're gonna pay for sickness could have instead been invested into health and fitness, not only to try to possibly mitigate and prevent, but at the very least prolong the time that we may get these onset diseases. Right? I mean, like let's just say if you keep your body healthy, and you know we're gonna get Alzheimer's in forty years from now. Versus twenty one years, you know, that, like that's a no brainer, and this was amazing because a lot of the studies, uh, I think I put the studies in the back of this book about the benefits of exercise and mental and brain health, and so, man, there's so much things I want to share. Oh, I like this one, page twenty six. Back to the book. I believe that we should never use our family, kids, or loved ones as an excuse to not take care of ourselves. Instead, use our loved ones and family as inspiration to improve your energy, health, and passion, and overall quality of life. Mm. Right. So, here's the difference: <clears throat> when someone comes in to meet with us. And they say, well, you know, I, I, I can't work out because I got my family and I got my kids. Right? Same thing. Person B says, I need to work out because I have my family and kids I got to take care of. Mm-hmm. Right? Same thing, but just different shift in mindset. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a blessing. And it's amazing when people come to us and like, man, Justin. Like we gotta work out. I have kids and grandkids, or you know whatever the goal is, and I can't keep up with them. I need to be able to keep up with my kids and grandkids. Yeah. And so I need to get healthy, be active, have more energy, instead of the opposite. Ah, oh, I got a kid. I can't work out. I have a family. I can't work out. Take care of me. I can't do it. And so that's why I wanted to put that in there. And now some people are like, mm, it's kind of aggressive. I'm like, no, it's not aggressive at all. It's just to show the different, different outcomes with similar circumstances. And so, you know, this is uh, 
one thing I want to go into is the power of gratitude. Without going into all the science and the research and the, <laughs> all that, gratitude literally hijacks your brain just like exercise with the hormone pump. You can actually secrete serotonin and dopamine with gratitude. True. Try this out. Like, start with the present phrase, I am so happy and grateful. Because you don't want to say, like, I will be happy when I do this. So this is what I typically journal or I think about first thing in the morning after I brush my teeth and I shower. I am so happy and grateful. I have all my physical limbs and senses. We take that oh, for yeah. granted. You know? Yeah. I am so happy and grateful. I get to wake up and do what I love and be with people I love. You know? I am so happy and grateful that the sun always comes out and the birds are singing. I am so happy and grateful. My parents are happy and healthy. I am so happy and grateful. My loved one is supported and patient and caring. I am so happy and grateful. I have an unbelievable team that sincerely cares and wants the best for our members. I am so happy and grateful for our members and FitFam that allow us to be part of your journey. You know, there's so many things to be happy and grateful for. That, that's just some, right? I mean, you just do a whole journal. Boom, 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 boom. I am so happy and grateful. I am so happy and grateful. You just fill up your gratitude cup. And when you show up to, you know, wherever you're working or you're doing something, you have a different energy. You know, that's that person. You probably know them at work or school or somewhere where they're like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Versus the typical, yeah, you know, I'm just, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, and so you can be that candle for them, light them up. So that's another, that's a really big one. But one of the ones I want to talk about is this balance between structure equals freedom. Now, I got this from one of my mentors, Craig Ballantyne. Shout out and credit to where credit's due. <clears throat> so I'm going to read this. Page 41, with everyone being busy with work, family, and other commitments, it is often easy to forget about ourselves in the mix. When was the last time you were so worried about external circumstances that you didn't take care of yourself and were eating and drinking anything, anytime, anywhere? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's so easy. Oh, my God, I'm so busy. I'm going to eat McDonald's, you know? Boom. So... Consider a friend who has a regular job but barely makes it to work because he constantly snoozes the alarm and barely has enough time to get ready. With little time to prepare breakfast, he quickly heads down to the fast food store to grab a coffee, loads it up with sugar, and grabs a croissant. Oh, no. Ooh. Nah. You know? That's, that's very downfall. Yeah. I mean, back to the book. A few hours later, he sits at work and complains about being tired starts yawning oh, i'm tired i'm not feeling it today today just sucks this person typically hardly gets his work done because of that it accumulates stress in himself the cycle continues and worsens until one day the body says i can't take it anymore <clears throat> and that's how we become sick or a form of sick. And 
Let's compare that situation with a member who is a high-level manager. She wakes up before the early morning sun. She wakes up before the alarm rings, preps for a morning workout. She works out with us at 5.45 a.m. <clears throat> she eats a well-balanced breakfast that she prepared the night before, which was overnight oatmeal. She seems superhuman because of how much energy she has first thing in the morning and how she is able to maintain this energy throughout the rest of the day. The secret is having set rules to operate on to help structure the day. Now, it's so interesting because before I used to think that if you have structures and rules, you're limiting yourself, right? Yeah. Versus like, no, I just want to be free. But then if you're free, you're not really free. You know, you ever get that moment, Dodi, where you're like, you have so much freedom, you feel lost. Yeah. You're like, well, uh, what's today? What am I going to do today? Am I just going to, uh, you know, and then you actually feel worse. Mm -hmm. I felt like that. Um, when I got fired from my last job, I was just like, oh, too, too much freedom. I'm like, uh, no structure. What, what, what do I do? Uh, shoot. Uh, I guess I'm just going to lay around in bed for eight hours, you know, until lunch. <laughs> and so going back to the book, <laughs> this may sound contradictory, but when you have structure in your life, you will notice how, actually how much more free time you have. You may also feel less stressed because you have tackled the things that needed to be done. And so before you start thinking following rules is too rigid, remember that we literally follow rules every day at work and on the streets, right? We follow the rules of the traffic light. Red means stop. Green means go. Stop sign means stop. You know, we have speed limits we listen to. I mean, there's so much different rules wearing a mask, doing this, and all kind of different stuff. Here are a few of my own rules that I follow. I'm not suggesting that you do the same, but to come up with a set rule, set amount of rules unique to yourself that allow you to live a healthier and happier life. So these are a couple of rules for me, is to get up at least two hours before my first appointment. What's the wire? Yeah. yeah, is to get up two hours before my first appointment. Ooh. Yeah. And after that is to exercise or do something first thing in the morning. Now, after that is to strength train at least three days a week. Then after that is drink one gallon of water a day. Mm. Consume at least three servings of fruits and veggies every day. Purchase organic and from local farmers, the local market, if you can. Finish the most difficult task first thing in the morning. <laughs> Because you can procrastinate that. Yep. You can procrastinate that. 100% will. <sighs> Read and educate myself for at least an hour a day. Schedule time with family and loved ones. And schedule time for personal fulfillment slash hobbies. Good stuff. You know, ladies and gentlemen. So, man, I am really enjoying this. And, Wow. Eating for health and longevity. You know, this is another huge topic that people have been asking me about. Um, different eating styles, different foods. And that's why in the book, 
you don't really hear me talk about different diets and stuff like that, but I will go over a basic template that really helps that if you follow a certain diet, you can make it work. Okay, so here's a general structure of what I do. So four to 10 ounces of protein at breakfast and lunch. So that basically is about a fist or two fistfuls of protein. So that could be like, you know, a chicken breast or two, mm-hmm. or maybe the equivalent of about a few eggs, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you can have unlimited leafy and fibrous vegetables, basically spinach, asparagus, broccoli, stuff like that. As and much as you is want. Spinach the way to go. Yeah. And then have a serving or two of healthy fat. So that could be almonds, avocado, chia yeah. seeds, hemp seeds, stuff like that. That's basically the structure for breakfast and lunch. Real simple, real simple. Now, this is for losing weight, just one more time, with being healthy. Dinner is going to be the same thing, some sort of protein, right? A fistful or two of protein. Mm -hmm. Unlimited vegetables again. So you want to get full from your vegetables. Yeah. And then you can have some sort of carbohydrate so of serving of like carbs so you can have a white rice brown rice potatoes something like that so a dinner could look like a piece of salmon mm-hmm. with some brown rice with a bunch of veggies and an avocado on the side yeah that you're sounds pretty, good you're pretty good yeah you are pretty good from that and so man there's so much things i want to talk about in this book too that uh Man, you know, I guess we've gone through about half the book, and we are hitting our time, ladies and gentlemen. Subscribe, please subscribe. And really quickly, if you guys want to see part two, the second half of this book, and me kind of explaining and sharing my thoughts about the book, please leave a comment and. You can go to our website, yanagitafitness.com, or email us, yanagitapodcast at gmail. Get the ebook for free. Uh, if you're a member, you get benefits. We'll give you a free book in person. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to mm-hmm. episode 48 of the Yanagita Podcast Show. Thank you, Dodi. Yep. We'll see you guys in the next one. 